welcome to the 15-minute juice, where we discuss physical therapy, rehabilitation, return to sport after injury, training, and all things fitness, while also answering burning daily questions, broach the juiciest weekly topics, and educate the masses on the proper algorithm for optimizing their lifestyle. It's fast, it's concise, it's informative, it's juicy. Okay, Mike. So tonight's question we have for the 15-minute juice is, my son is almost three months post-surgery from ACL. He's hoping to be released to run next week. What's your experience with this time frame? He's doing great. He does get sore after physical therapy sometimes, but he pushes himself. He's a lacrosse player and will be playing in college. He's going crazy not running at this point and or working his lower body. So what is your input on that? All right, so we know that within even the time frame of the ACL being able to become vascularized um, and actually become uh, a ligament instead of just a graft, that does not happen in the three-month mark. Um, that takes a little bit longer. You're probably looking at you know closer to after that nine-month, ten-month, um, it takes a while. So regardless of, of mechanics, we have to respect that it's not really a graft yet. It's still healing. So any um, you know, aberrant forces or stress to that joint can compromise you know, the integrity of that. Um, and then we also have to look at, obviously, mechanics um, and how stable the foundation is in any of those single, lance, single leg stance patterns, lunge patterns, split stance, those things that replicate the foundation for running first. And then you have to be able to make sure that you know, the eccentric and concentric controls, such as with like plyometrics loading, is pretty stable. Um, without those. So there's a lot of prerequisites that have to get there before running. Um, and we really want parents and the athlete to understand that, that even though they're working hard and they're doing well, that's great, but it doesn't mean that they're ready for running. There's a lot of uh, foundational uh, components that have to be in place first before we get there. So um, I think that's the hard thing with the surgery is that with the recovery, you might be feeling really good, but um, you're not ready to do some of these movements yet. It's almost like a waiting game. We have to just be patient, continue to solidify and work on what we can. And then when the time is ready, we'll start implementing that. Uh, and usually uh, an athlete that has a really strong foundation can progress through those things a lot faster. Um, so that might be maybe introduce some plyometric loading, um, resistance loading and stuff earlier than some other athletes. But then again, you still have to respect the healing time. Gotcha. And with this has kind of been a question that we've, you know, been going back and forth with that we had Trent on the podcast. Um, and, you know, it seems to be like, is this actually we talked to Dr. Sewers about it as well. Is this a criteria based thing? Is it a time based thing? Um, you know, we're, we're seeing people that uh, that are four months or even almost 16 weeks that really aren't prepared to run yet. So, uh, it really just depends on, you know, each athlete that's coming in, but, you know, they, they should be hitting certain marks prior to doing that. One of the questions I did ask Dr. Sewards was, should they be able to jump and land first before running, right? To land two feet, cool, can we do that? Then what does it look like when we start to get into that single leg linear bound, maybe a little bit of a lateral bound, then go into the running? What is your, what is your take on that? 
Yeah, uh, running is, is really just repetitive single leg hopping if you think about it. So you have to make sure that those components are good before we do that. So not only can they demonstrate, um, you know, good execution with the concentric, so, you know, the loading and pushing off, and then the eccentric, you know, the uh, landing portion of uh, stability, but now can we replicate that in the shapes and positions that mimic running? So a lot of it will be looking at the athlete actually do running mechanics and what's happening there because they might do really well with a single leg hop and a landing, but then when we have to actually run, some of them might not really know how to run or they might do some weird things to try to run. There's a lot of motor control that goes into running. So there's a lot of mechanics that we will train and exercises to do that will facilitate the certain muscle uh, firing patterns for running. And then we'll look at them and, and train that. And we'll start, you know, with small, maybe like turf shuttle runs, maybe some treadmill running and see how that looks before we just kind of release them and say they're running. So I think there is a little bit of criteria where we have to look at, okay, time frame, you know, X, Y, and Z should be healed and, and able to handle the loads at this point. And then we have to look at the other criteria in terms of what are they demonstrating. So everything is healed and ready to accept the loads, but can they demonstrate the ability to have good form and technique with that before we do that? So I would say, yeah, that's how we kind of progress it. So we start with the foundational stuff and then into the very specific type movements. Gotcha. And as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of the different progressions to that. So would it be we jog first, then we run, and then we sprint, and then where would those three kind of fall in? And, and you know, because again, with, with sprinting in the ACL, it's definitely late stage. So I would say obviously sprinting would be like your phase three, would running be your phase two, and then jogging then be considered phase one? Yeah, I mean, I would look at doing the running mechanics stuff first. So there's some uh, drills like you could do. There's like some wall running drills. Um, there's some other things like I like to use from like a lunge position, pushing up the single leg. And then going from there, we could try doing just light jogging and seeing what's happening with that light loading. Um, and then going back and forth, maybe on, like I said, like a, like a small turf area. And then also kind of um, releasing them and maybe trying to go for a little bit of like a longer distance. So maybe if they're doing like a 30-yard limit, now have them do like 50 yards, 70 yards, at a steady pace and see what's happening. And then have them do that repetitively. I'd like to keep the pace the same and see what happens as they continue to do it, what happens with some fatigue. And then we'll kind of go into running a little bit more, a little bit faster and see what's happening and kind of progress from there. So um, you also can do some running drills. Like there's a lot of like ace skipping and hopping and things like that, which for someone who's not familiar with that, it's basically being able to um, – hop on one leg double time and then switching to the next leg and it kind of translates to that reciprocal bounding that happens off of each leg so looking at that so there's a lot of basic drills to do first to simulate that plyometric loading before we're able to go into like a full-on sprint you know gotcha. so i would do that first and i would keep the speed and the parameters stable first and then i would go more for like the time and the fatigue and see what happens there and then we could try to increase the speed and see what happens with more of that loading more of the velocity Gotcha. So with the running, could we use that uh, that device that you talked to me about, the app, the metronome? Yeah, I mean, the metronome is a good place to start. I mean, every athlete's a little bit different. Some people who are taller or shorter might have a little bit different cadence, but it's a good place to start to get them to start thinking about foot placement. So every time the metronome beeps, 
it cues you that the foot should land, foot should land, foot should land, and it cues you in your head to keep driving those hips up, knees up, and it basically prevents that shuffling, that laziness. So it's something to kind of keep in your mind to turn over, turn over, turn over to really promote those mechanics. And you could do that um, on the turf. You could do it on the treadmill. You could do it with a wall running drill. So they have to lean forward, press into a wall, and they have to reciprocate flexing one hip up, flexing the other hip up, driving forward. So a lot of things you could do to start uh, reinstituting those mechanics. Um, there are a lot of individuals that just don't know how to run and you let them go and they're just doing a lot of weird things. So they might be really good with the exercise base, but then you release them into the movement specific and they're just not good there. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, at this point, so at three months, they're going to, you know, try to get into that time frame of, of, of running. Um, but if I'm getting some anterior knee pain there uh it's not significant like call it a pain three on a scale of one to ten uh what would be some things then that they would you know that you would be looking at like if they were experiencing some kind of anterior knee pain well we have to look at the movements that it's happening um and then we have to look at you know where that load is coming into and what's happening there you know is it the initial movement is it when they're breaking down the fatigue and then start correcting those first and, you know, a little bit of pain is a yellow flag, and we want to keep it there. We don't want it to get to the point where it's a 10 out of 10 pain. We want to catch it early, you know, and that pain is kind of telling your body that something is wrong here, and this is not a good learning environment, so don't keep pushing that movement. Let's reassess and see why that's happening. You know, and we have to also differentiate, you know, is there, um, is it actual sharp pain, or is this pain that's maybe some tension or some loading onto the joint and the muscles? Sometimes people uh, perceive the muscle tension, some of that uh, stress from the exercise, muscle fatigue as pain. Uh, and then, you know, we have to differentiate between that. Is this, you know, the difference between that the muscles are being really worked or is this actual like a sharp pain because the structure is being overloaded? Gotcha. Now, also, I guess the same thing would apply then to the back of the knee if they were having some kind of discomfort there. Uh, would that be potentially a cyclops lesion or a popliteus type of issue on the back end of the knee then? I kind of get into that a bit. Yeah, I mean, the cyclops lesion, you'd probably catch that way earlier before they even start doing any running in those movements. You would notice that when you're doing some of the range of motion stuff. You would see they wouldn't be able to get the full extension. That would be a red flag early on. So the goal is to uh, clear that up before they even get to doing some of these things. That's communication also with the surgeon. If you notice they're not getting that full extension, if they don't have full mobility and range of motion, there's a lot of things they probably should not be doing, especially higher level. So they're just going to compensate. They're going to shorten that range. You know, they're also losing that knee stability. The knee naturally, you know, locks out into extension for stability there. And if you're missing the last five degrees of extension there, there's a lot of things you probably should not be doing because you should put extra stress onto the joint, extra stress onto the quad. That could cause some other issues. Um, popliteus is something that kind of pops up, you know, that's another thing that can happen. You'll see a lot of that with, uh, you know, accessory motions, instability, hypermobility in the joint, um, and small accessory muscles like that, that help to rotate the lower end of the leg, like the tibia, um, especially coming from unlocking the knee from, uh, flexion into extension, those movements, when muscles like that are working a little bit extra hard, that's telling you that the other prime movers and stability muscles are not doing their job. So you want to address that. So you want to, you know, release that muscle, make sure it's not aggravating. Um, and then you have to maybe dial back what you're doing and start with uh, some of the foundational stuff before you progress. That's definitely not a pain you want to push through. Gotcha. And then uh, just to kind of touch back again with the 
the running, what do we, what are they typically at that three months? What type of running would they be doing as far as, is it distance? Is it time-based? How do, how do you determine what type of running they're doing? Is it well, distance or time? Well, if they're three months, I mean, they probably wouldn't be running at all. It'd be too early. Okay. You know? So even if they could, if they could demonstrate really good stability, and they're a very advanced athlete with a really good base on that strong. Say you have an athlete that just got hit traumatically, and it wasn't even really a non-contact, maybe something like that, and they're just really strong, really stable. We're going to try to look at progressing the drills that are going to reinforce that. We want to be really careful with the type of loading we're doing. So I wouldn't have them run them, but I would do a lot of the drills and things that will maybe simulate that plyometric load and see how they are there and just continue to prepare them, prepare them, and make sure that they have that solid foundation. So when it is time to run, they'll be able to basically hit that ground moving really fast mm-hmm. um, in, in those progressions with the actual running. So I'd build up that foundation first, but I want to release them for those running things. Or, you know, you might even, if you have the ability to have some of that technology, like maybe an Alter-G Alter treadmill that unloads them, you could have them do some movement mechanics in that. But really you want to be cautious with how much stress you're putting in that because you have to understand the graft you know, that, that is still healing, and it's not even really a ligament yet until it's fully vascularized. So you want to be cautious with that. So um, really, again, just mimicking those positions and those shapes that are going to simulate running, you know, and try to make sure that those are all sound before you release them to the running movement. So i say, again, at three months, they wouldn't be doing any running stuff yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you're, you're talking about um, the running with an Alter-G. Now that it's summertime, it just got me thinking – uh, if someone has a pool and they're around three months and they've kind of hit all their check boxes, so to speak, um, would you suggest that they kind of run lightly in the pool and use the resistance of the water to kind of uh, kind of represent like the alter G? Yeah, I mean, you're going to get resistance in the water. I mean, when you're moving forward, even though you're unweighted, trying to move your legs through the water, the faster you go, the more resistance um, and even if you are a little bit shallow, I would probably have them do movement mechanics. You could do some standing marching in place, some things like that. Um, and you could definitely work some things in the, uh, in the pool that will just be great for core and hips as well. Um, you know, and you could do some of those things. So, yeah, I mean, it might be hard to simulate actual, you know, uh, running stuff in terms of like the actual speed and mechanics you would get on an Alter G. But you could stand there and you could do mechanics like working hip flexors, working, you know, the dorsiflexors, working core stuff against the resistance of the water in an unloaded controlled environment. And you get a good workout in the pool. So, I mean, that is an option of stuff that we could design for athletes as well. Awesome. Well, I mean, that should answer that question about the three months post-surgery and running. That's your 15-minute juice for tonight. Yeah, man. Good shit, Michael. Yep, good question.